0: Welcome back, and thank you for bearing with us on this one, episode four of ETO After the Whistle. Just after the Atletico-Ottawa fantastic victory over Cavalry FC from three goals to one. Recording this the day before the team face off against HFX a Wanderers. And we'll of course be back on, on Monday next week following the clash between Atletico-Ottawa and Forge at TD Place. But stick around for this one because we re record the analysis because there was a lot to go through. From a Premier League celebration, Justice being served, weakened squads. And Nicholas Ledgerwood has an appearance on American Idol. Stick around for all of it as Atletico Ottawa finally bunk their eight-game win the strike. The cat sat on Welcome back to ATO After the Whistle, the podcast brought to you by the Capital City Supporters Group. As you saw yesterday, we dropped a Raw Reactions podcast, came straight from the pub, and there was a lovely little analytical bit that went along with it. I say lovely, it was massively intoxicated, and to tell you the honest (laughs) truth, it was nowhere near insightful enough. So Johnny and I are meeting up together the day before Atletico Ottawa's next game as they're going away to HFX Wanderers in Halifax, the Maritimes on the East Coast. But we thought we couldn't possibly let the boys head off without having some of our insight because we don't we just know, don't we, Johnny, that the players can't possibly face their next game without hearing what we have to say.
1: Exactly. Uh, You know what? I would I would I would question that. (laughs)
0: you would be right to do so (laughs) Um, so um, I mean it's been a couple of days since Atletico Ottawa faced Cavalry FC at TD Place it occurred on Saturday but um, I must admit I'm still living off the high Uh, an 8 game winless streak in the Canadian Premier League 9 games in total if you include the Can Champs is over it's finished and
1: Johnny what a fashion it ended in it's these are the moments that um, you know, lift a, a, a comparatively bad season. These are the things that, you know, as they say, they keep you coming back. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like, no, you're behind your team all the time. And of course you're behind your team all the time. But, you know, it, it's it's really nice when you get a result like this that makes you excited about it continually and not just dreading like, oh, my God, I have to keep following this. Like, No. It was days like Saturday. I mean, I'm still buzzing off of Saturday. I'm still buzzing off. I'm still watching highlights every day. I'm looking at the pics every day. It's These are the things that really that make being a, uh, putting a lot of emotional currency into a, a sport these are the things that make it worth it <laughs> absolutely and i mean like what a
0: what a game what a performance i mean i have yeah. watched it back and uh, it is impressive in its own way having watched it back now it was impressive in a very different way when i was in the stadium we were in yeah. the stadium we're gonna jump onto that three goals scored one goal conceded three one victory at home Penalty scored, a penalty saved as well, yeah. which we're going to get onto in a second. A returning captain masterclass as he gets on the team, uh, the team sheet, the team sheet and the score sheet, as well as our two deadly front men up front finding the back of the net as well. Um, so, Johnny, what I, w- I want to start with really. Um, I think the obvious place to start is that for once you weren't in Montreal watching this one. You were actually yeah. in TD Place. To, tell was me there, about the, tell me about the journey down. Tell me about who you brought with you and tell me what you thought of the game.
1: So it was a little less stressful than the home opener. The home opener, I had a, a we had rented a car that was delayed for like t- at least two hours, mm. and we got there. My lovely fiance had dropped me off in front of the front gate. I want to say maybe ten minutes after kickoff, and then I had run in. So i missed our, uh, our our little raising of the flag anthem thing that's you know it's it's a little goofy it's a little funny it's a little weird
0: oh it's funny that you haven't mentioned that on the podcast since because you've not <laughs> yeah. been
1: at the gate oh yeah it's <laughs> it's goofy yeah so i saw so i saw that on saturday i you know the, the trip down was a whole lot smoother obviously mm-hmm. um I had brought two of my friends to the game that had never been to a game and at halftime they both went and bought scarves. It was that that was how good the 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 team was and that was how good the atmosphere was. They were both absolutely blown away. You know, they were we were stand I, as soon as we went down to the stand we're all standing up and then we start singing. And then it gets about 10 minutes into the game and they're like, are we going to sit down at some point? I'm like, nope, that's not what we do here. <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, all right, that's cool with me. So we all stood the entire time. It was They loved it. It was incredible. It's great they,
0: they yeah. got down with that and loved, what to, a, see, loved a, to see what them living with some
1: merch. For, what a good first game.
0: Oh, for for oh them to goodness. see? Absolutely. <laughs> well, Johnny, you said, uh, you said about your journey down there was smoother this time. Did you make your way down on the train instead? No, we still took a car. Okay, where did you uh, go? Did you go like the, the, nor- the, the I'm going to call it the more northern route that goes to like Hawkesbury and stuff? Or did you go sort of like straight through the middle? How, how Which way did you come?
1: We took the, I mean, you know, we took the, the, the 40 to like the 417. Mm-hmm. The reason why it was such a pain in the ass last time is because not only was the car delayed, but there was also massive construction on the 40. And then we got sort of... Uh, uh, deviated off of it for like a good hour like it was just the the drive itself was already you know an hour longer than it was supposed to be and then with the delay car on top of that it was just bad vibes so i'm watching the i'm watching the kickoff on the phone in the car (laughs) and like changing my shirt to anticipate like getting dropped off at the gate so i'm ready for it and you know Uh, thanks to my lovely fiance, who doesn't mind missing some of the game in order to get me there in time (laughs) so she can drop me off and go park
0: yeah a much more as you say a much more casual journey down and uh, you got to see the start of the game which was a Uh, must because for the For the first time, which feels like forever, but I mean, I know we have scored one of the fastest goals in the Canadian Premier League season. Shout out to our boy Acuna from the Island Games. Um, But uh, yeah, good thing you didn't miss the first ten minutes
1: of this game, eh? Uh, I would have. I would have. I mean, well, uh, we had more goals, so it would have been, you know, it would have softened the blow. But if I had, you know, rolled up there and we had already had one goal and that was all that was on the board. And then especially after the equalizer went in, I would have been like, we're not scored again. I'm pissed. I missed it. I drove all the way down here. <laughs> but no, it, it didn't work out. I got to see it. I got to see it. It was nice. And we got our second early goal of the season. I think we had an early goal against Pacific as well back in the kickoff.
0: Mm, if yes, I'm not mistaken. Yes.
1: So we're the kings of early goals. This time... This time, it ended up better, though.
0: Yeah, I love that the listener just got an insight into the average psyche of of the average Atletico Ottawa fan, which is doom, 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 more doom than elation. (laughs) Um, but yeah that that early goal it it had to be scored by the man the myth the legend himself didn't it drew Becky bagging himself a goal within two minutes of his return onto the field after having an extended period on the sidelines due to some health complications that was due to COVID-19 he clarified some of his issues a little bit further in the uh, post-match press conference stating that he had received the first dose of the COVID vaccine earlier this year having contracted the virus earlier on as well but due to his own health conditions that had pre-existed this point he was advised to not take the second dose of the COVID no, vaccine COVID-19 vaccine uh, at which point he had another contact with COVID I think is what he said um, he didn't elaborate any further but it just meant that he had to spend some time in hospital and uh, I just think I can speak for every single one of us that we were a elated that he's alive well kicking and healthy and b then th- the fact that he even like was able to come back onto the pitch and put in a stellar stellar performance with that captain's armband on his yeah. arm like just
1: sum up sum up drew becky's performance for you i mean what a man it's, it's one thing to say what a player but i mean what a man i know we we were all worried when he had a prolonged absence we we're like oh no could this could this be something bad? And then to hear the quotes after the game as well, people saying like, I didn't know if I was ever going to play again. Mm-hmm. Like that, that one was a gut punch. I was like, man, it was that serious? I never, didn't know if I was going to play again. And you go from thinking that to putting on the R-band, going to TD Place and then scoring within two minutes. It's just, what a man. What else can you say? What a leader. What what a What a, a, a welcome return to this team.
0: Which, by the way, that just um, perfectly exemplifies how serious a side of football that this virus is. Um, I will do not speak on behalf of any organizations apart from the organization of Thomas Bloody Stockton when I say, if you can, go get vaccinated. Um, I'm doing it. I'm putting it in there. Um, To talk about Drew Becky's goal, though, uh, what a way to start a performance. A free kick comes in by cavalry from the right-hand side. Who is there to meet it and Punt it away, it is none other than Drew Becky himself. Um and Ben McKendry, as he tends to do, Mr. Dependable is all over the pitch, does does really well to hold up the ball just over the yeah. halfway line yeah. before feeding in both Antoine Coupland and, and Brian Wright, who are storming up a field on the left-hand side. Brian Wright's the better suited player to take it, just based on the run and based on the fact that he's a star striker. I kind of like that he he didn't so much usher Coupland out the way, but there was a clear line of communication there that uh, yeah, Brian this, Wright this is taking mine, this one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, he, he has a nice piece of footwork, drags the ball onto his left foot, which I don't think the defender was expecting, especially so early on in the game. He does tend to come in on his right foot. He puts a nice shot in out towards... Towards the far post which is well saved by carducci but uh, but just out of nowhere drew becky who as i mentioned started this move with the header on the edge <laughs> of his own box it's
1: the furthest just, one back <laughs> just what
0: you watch the replay and he jogs for the first 10 meters and mm-hmm. then it's just like no
1: you know you know that meme format where it's just like run <laughs> and yeah, it's just yeah, like exactly, he just exactly. bombs down the field and um, well you can see when when the flick of the switch when he sees what's going mm-hmm. on he's like all right I'm the one that's going to be bombing forward and, and then overlapping and then possibly getting a ball that's going to go into the box
0: absolutely if something
1: happens like I have to cover I have to cover this empty space on the right
0: absolutely and that not only set the tone in terms of the atmosphere in the stadium and the performance mm-hmm. that was going to come from the players and the goal is obviously a great thing to be able to have on your hands and and in your cards going forward into the game of course you want it, you want it there right but um what, what it also did for me was it, it really gave the players that other push of like you know what there are no lost courses here captain yeah. drew is not letting us have any lost causes and i really yeah. feel like that set the tone for the rest of the performance but johnny got to ask you because you're actually in the dub for this one <laughs> well, it's,
1: how much did it set the tone for the atmosphere well, you we've talked before about how, you know, giving up an early penalty a penalty can set the tone in a negative way. This was the dream start. I mean, you know, you, you hear uh, uh, people like Peter Drury on the commentary and they say, like, what a dreamland start this is. They are on cloud nine. That was this. You know, it's a cliche, but I mean, this we were in dreamland. What a way to start a game against a team like Calvary, but with a second-minute goal from the returning captain the return of the king Just absolutely absurd absurd there's, there's no it's you know top 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 2 moment of the of the entire year it's got to be
0: it has to be and, and for me just simply within T D place and the atmosphere that it Len like gave a platform to create going forward. I say the goal just created that platform. I think there are a yeah. couple of other elements there. I felt like in the in the dub there was a little bit of a younger crowd as well this time and, and I don't just mean like young as in as in children, I mean like early twenty year olds, I think uh, there was a big interest from maybe students on the cheaper cars and they were all willing to to get themselves involved. I, yeah. mean, I mean, that you was can, good to see.
1: Yeah, a decent amount of like, yeah, like college age kids that were there and were also yelling and singing along like, you know, they weren't acting too cool for school. They were they were getting into the spirit of the whole thing. And that was that was really, really nice to see, because that's I feel like in a town like this where we have two universities and a college, Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty key that you get them behind the local sports team.
0: Absolutely. I mean, like you can hear it in my voice here. I still haven't quite recovered, which is the first time this season <laughs> that uh, my voice didn't recover immediately the day after. So maybe, uh, maybe Bryce out there, if he's listening, can know that I, I did put in a shift this time, and, may, <laughs> and, and maybe, maybe my um, maybe my performance could be very well reevaluated. But um, no I Like there was there was quite funny pictures as well, which can be found on social media. Um, but one of the moments I had was uh, a couple of the uh, the youngsters. There was maybe like five, six, seven of them behind me to my left at the start of the game and we started the chance and we got it going huge shout out by the way to Brandon and Paul who are on the raw reactions episode which you can go find yeah. on uh it's episode 4 raw reactions so it's the one just before this here to to hear their thoughts from the game but they did a really good job but uh, as the as the chant started I do the I do my thing which is I start chanting but I make sure I have a little look around see 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 who's in the crowd and what kind of atmosphere we're going to get from these people and there were six or seven younger early 20 year olds behind me to my left and I turned around and they were, sat on the, they were sat down and they were eating patin and they were eating like whatever food, the slice of pizza that they had. And mm-hmm. I turned to them and I was like, chaps, the food looks delicious and you've paid for it and you're gonna enjoy it. But the second it's done, I wanna see you on your feet. I wanna see you clapping and I wanna yeah. see you singing. Um, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't do it in an aggressive way. It was very much just a, hey chaps, we're here to have a good time. You're here to have a good time. Let's yeah. all have a good time together. And um, I think it was like 10, 15 minutes later, I turned around during like one of the big chance and we were trying to get the crowd going obviously i think we just had like another attack or something of the sorts and I, I, I turned to my left and they were all sat down and i think i just i just dead stared them and just sang the song without moving just staring at them until they got up and in all fairness it was one of those where it, it was meant like intimidation but like there was a smile on my face whilst i was yeah. doing it and uh, yeah they they got up and i don't think they sat down again for the rest of the game and um, well, it worked absolutely they they took that i mean I will say that I think a very big underlying element of the great atmosphere had to be the cheap beer.
1: Oh my god. It was, uh, I mean, I finished two before kickoff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whoever thought of $5 Budweiser's on the most well-attended game outside of the home opener, which, by the way, that's two weeks in a row now. Um, whoever thought of that to create an atmosphere is an absolute yeah. genius. I think I just saw that um, Halifax tomorrow, and I think it's something that they do often. They have, um, they have a happy hour at the, at the game as well for a
1: certain period. I think I it's like before- two for one. Two for is one, it, I think, is what it is. Yeah, is that
0: before kickoff or is it throughout the whole I, game?
1: I think it's an hour before kickoff.
0: See what what a way to encourage people to come into yeah. the stadium a little bit earlier. Well, get to get there
1: early, that's exit right, so no, people aren't like aren't uh, shuffling in like as the game's going on, which yeah. we're kind of notorious for. You can kind of see it a lot. You know, people will show up late. Duh, 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 duh. So, but, you know, it's one thing to have the happy hour. It's one thing to have the, you know, $5 the entire game, which, I mean, is, is essentially <laughs> like just about 50% off anyways. <laughs> that was, uh, it was,
0: I think it it's was, more than, I think it's more uh, than 50% off actually. But uh, either, either way, it definitely lent to a phenomenal atmosphere in TD Place. And uh, yeah, Drew Becky kicking it all off with that uh, that that huge goal. Um, the game itself, Johnny, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw to you for some statistics here because if you just looked at it on paper, we had no right to win that three-one.
1: <laughs> it's uh, yeah, we had uh, we had thirty point three percent possession. Hey, that's point three higher than I thought we got. It, well, yeah, that's that's just it. I mean, <laughs> like it's. It's one. It's one thing to be outpossessed. It's another thing to be outpossessed seventy to thirty. And the the w- watching at the game, it's 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 so funny because it's it's, you know, Tommy Weldon Jr. can say whatever he wants. I didn't feel like we were being dominated at all, even though we only had thirty percent of the ball some of the stats are ridiculous they're like okay yeah they had 26 open play crosses the second most open play crosses any team has ever had in the history of the canadian premier league but i look at the center circle data 15 percent of those crosses actually connected with anyone so they were throwing the kitchen sink at us especially in the second half and we just weren't having it we weren't hmm. having it we I were do just th- too good
0: I do feel like they lacked a little quality in their crosses as well. I watched the game back today and I only, there's only a couple that I looked that we, we got away or they, got, or they connected with and we managed to get a block in or something. I think there are only three or four really that I counted that I looked at and went, huh, that one actually kind of looks like a dangerous cross to me. No. Whereas the was, others, yeah. as you say, kitchen sink thrown at us in the sense of we're just going to hit balls into the box because we cannot break down this defensive unit and we're running yeah. out of ideas.
1: Well, their average shot distance, especially looking at the center circle data is actually just outside the 18 yard line. I mean, oh. they had 18 total shots and you know, a lot of them in the box, but even in the box, it was just in the box. And the other ones were quite outside the box. It was, they, they were, there was nothing threatening other than obviously the penalty or the goal. The only time that they could have a goal was when we, our, our center bag headed the ball directly to one of their guy's feet, other mm. than that. There was nothing really threatening and even then watching cross, it after
0: yeah even then watching it after i felt like higgins had a fairly decent game he got himself in mm. the way of a couple of shots he got yeah. he, he got a few clearances in he got a few headers and 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 yeah. got some crosses away so yeah even absolutely even then as you say the the only real big chance was probably i mean there's there's another one that we'll discuss a little later on but is that one that was kind of gifted to them as well johnny um mister came out and said against pacific that that was the best offensive performance that he had seen from the side you and i had spoken off camera about this and questioned whether sitting back for 45 minutes and trying to soak up pressure was the right way to go with just a one nil lead um after the cavalry game he said that this was now probably one of the better ones. And I spoke to him during the press conference today, and he highlighted the fact that uh, he just feels like we've been playing relatively well for the last four or five games, and it was just about getting a good result to build on. Johnny, do you see the fact that the team has been playing this well for the last four or five games, or do you really feel like as a unit they've come together more recently than that?
1: Well, I guess one thing is we can look at how did we score our goals? Were those because we played better offensively? And how did we play better offensively? A lot of time we talk about how we get taken advantage of when we make mistakes. Today was the other way around. We took advantage of mistakes. So playing better offensively doesn't necessarily have to mean that you get more shots, that you get more big chances, that you get more possession. Playing better offensively can, pe- offensively can mean that you're taking better advantage of mistakes that the opponent is making and that's that's what we did today I mean look at that third goal that was a total uh, uh, defensive blunder and then we pounced on it a lot of the time we're on the other side of that you know we didn't really make a lot of mistakes today there, there was the mistake that led to the goal, but we talk a lot about our past uh, uh, performances where we said we would make dumb mistakes. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was a dumb mistake. That was just a lapse in judgment. You knew exactly what he was trying to do. He was trying to head it out as a clearance. It just happened to land at, um, uh, at Laturi's feet. But yeah. it wasn't a boneheaded mistake. It, it was, an, it, was a, it was just
0: a poor attempt at a good move.
1: That's it. It wasn't a stupid mistake. We didn't make those on Saturday. We didn't. So yes, we played better. We played wonderfully, probably better than we've ever played. And it was because of things like this. It was taking advantage of mistakes and not making dumb ones ourselves.
0: Now, um, Tommy Wilden Jr. did come out after the game and state that uh, he'd made quite a few changes to his side. And uh, without trying to put words in in Mr. Wilden Jr.'s mouth, uh, essentially kind of Blamed that on Cavalry's inability to be able to to, to break us down, stating players such as uh, Nicholas Ledgerwood, Camargo, who came on, Hernandez, who came on, and Soleimani, who came on later in the game. But four of those players started on the bench. What do you make of that as as sort of an excuse when losing to to this three uh, one uh, losing three one to this Atletico Ottawa side?
1: Well, we've talked about and I've read about how, you know, playoff spots aren't really that realistic for us to look forward to at this moment. So what we are doing moving forward is essentially every single player on on our team is going to be fighting for a place next season. We're not holding off. uh, We're not going to be holding off defending leads, trying to not concede goals anymore. We are going to be absolutely running ragged and attacking. And Every coach in the league previous to Saturday thought that they would be able to rotate against us because we would be the easy team to farm points against and they could get some minutes into their backup players. Saturday showed that that is not going to fucking happen for the next (laughs) eight games of this season. You are not going to be able to just rotate against Atletico Ottawa because you think that we're just going to be chumps. Every single player on our team is going to be fighting for a place on this team next season because that's all they really have left to fight for and they're going to fight until the fight's done.
0: Absolutely. Um I think like I I had a view on it as well that um I-, I thought it was a bit bloody rich to tell you the truth of Wealdon oh, yeah. Jr. trying to come out and talk about a side that still had Anthony Novak in it. It still had Joseph DiChiara yeah. in it. It still has Ben Fisk. It still has Farsi, It still has yeah. Klomp, Yao and Norman as well. Like who are, well, especially Yao and Klomp but like two of the best defenders in the in the bloody league. Um, yeah. Now, now let's 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 m- for a moment say that the changing in roster there and the, the diminished quality of the players that started on the field has an impact. I'm just going to run you through this for a second because people might be forgetting this our <laughs> two starting centre-backs did not Higgins and Arnone who Arnone, who have come in and put in a bloody shift for us, they're bonding with us Arnone every time he comes over at the end of the game like just looks us dead in the eyes and they it, it, great guys, they didn't yeah. start the season with us and they're nowhere no. near what we wanted to be our two starting centre-backs, one mm-hmm. of our starting centre-backs that we were hoping for played right back and he played right back after having been out with a, a, a health issue, a <laughs> cardiac health issue induced yeah. by the COVID-19 virus. Yeah. That is three of our defenders. Let's go to the fourth defender, shall we? Yeah. Vashon Nuffil, who himself <laughs> ah. just coming back from injury and barely made it past 60 minutes because he ran himself into the ground. We've got yeah. Antoine Coupland, who's 17 years old and started his first ever Canadian Premier League game. We have Ryan Telfer, who just served a five-game suspension and was clearly lacking in match fitness himself. You Keep come going! To our, you come to our bench and we've got Miles Cornell signed halfway through the season. We've got Mamadou Ba, who is a young player, and again signed to try and help fill out the numbers throughout the season. And Jaden Mercure, who's from Ottawa South United, who has really done so well every time he's come on. I've loved this ball of energy, but again, he shouldn't be in the side this year. It was forced to it. So I think if you're going to have the argument about oh my team doesn't quite look just as good today,
1: you can probably just <laughs> shove it. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, this has been building up for like two days. This is why I wanted to re-record this podcast.
1: Get in, Thomas. I mean you're absolutely right. And look who we had suspended. We had Manella suspended. We had VT suspended. We ha- we had a third one suspended. Behoven. We have suspended. Look, If anyone I, should I, be complaining I, yeah, about but, uh, a rotated squad, it's fucking us. We were coming into this game being like, oh, my God, like this is going to be a, a tough mountain to climb. And you're going to be upset because you sat Ledgerwood and Mason Trafford and all of a sudden you had a majorly rotated squad and that's the reason that you lost? You know what that is? is that he's upset that he has lost more to us than any other team in the league. And, he, and you know, they won – quote-unquote the league the past two seasons so far and you know how much do you think it hurts him that he has lost to us three times now well i hope and i hope (laughs) it does because not only that but uh, cavalry before
0: this game had one of the best offenses in the league and we breached it not once not twice but three times. There and this go. is from a team that has struggled. And and albeit yeah. I was just trying to like back up when we're gonna have the uh, throw punches about the starting lineup. Every single human being that played in the red and white stripes on, on Saturday put in a phenomenal performance. Oh, I yes. don't see anyone on that team that put less than a seven out of 10. I was having yeah. a little argument with some people on the discord about Ryan Telfer's performance, for mm. example. I think we have to remember he was out for five games. I think yeah. he's lacking match fitness. And to say that he didn't try Try. I think he tries too hard, Johnny. Tell me yeah. what you think about Ryan Telfer because at the moment I just feel like he's trying too hard.
1: It's the thing is is that he. I mean, we. He had the time that he was out in the bubble when he was playing with with Trinidad, and now he's had this five game suspension. He just hasn't had the time to gel. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. You know what I mean? Obviously, you need to be playing together a lot to get to know each other, and with a team like this, that's it's really its first full year. When you miss out that many games, you're going to be behind the curve. So, and the thing is, is that he doesn't want to be so behind the curve that he's not making any sort of impact. So instead of making an impact that gels with everyone else, he's just going to try and go it alone. And I mean, you know, it's going to be up to, to Mista or Fernando to see if they see the potential in him to be like, okay, if he has more time to gel, I really see more potential in him next season but i mean you're right like he tries he tries very very hard but it's it's almost like you know they call it squeezing the stick it's like he's he's trying too hard and and it can be his undoing because it's you can almost try a little less hard if 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 you're gelling with everyone and then you can you know you can make triangle passes with people and do give and goes and one twos and work with each other rather than trying to do it all yourself and now, he played um, on the left today, too, and he's not even used to playing on the left. Every, every other time he's played with us, he's played on the right. So not only is he coming back after a five-game suspension, he's playing on the left for, if I'm not mistaken, the first time this season.
0: Now, um, i got a question for you here, which is, um, is there a player on this team who's going to be spending every game between now and the end of the season f- playing more for a place in this squad next season than Ryan Telfer and I'm going to prelude that question with a, a, a thought of mine about Ben Fisk who we saw and I thought Ben Fisk was actually very decent at the weekend and I think he's mm-hmm. growing very much into this cavalry side and despite the fact that um, and again I don't quite know what happened behind the scenes about Ben Fisk not returning yeah. but I, I'm a little bit disappointed we didn't give Ben Fisk a little bit more time he's a player that maybe could have gelled a little bit more so 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 with that little anecdote added to it and the quality that we know that Ryan Telfer has being an national football player as well mm-hmm. is there a player on this team playing more for a spot in the roster next year over the next eight games than ryan telfer is anyone whose performance is going to be scrutinized as much for a returning spot
1: i mean probably not it's it wouldn't be a good look to go through two cpl teams and then try and get on to a third with you know them leaving you behind because I mean, I mean obviously with york he had the uh, the season and then the and then the island game season it would def- it would not be a good look for him if, if he played a season here and wasn't given a second shot especially for a, a player that's supposed to be you know was a marquee signing he's just supposed to be a star player and obviously all that being said he also has things to make up for that mistakes that he has already made this season that he would want to make up for so he's already got you know more of a hill to climb so i mean i think you're right he's probably the one with the most to play for as far as wanting to get in another spot here next season
0: uh, and w- let's remember, this is a player that was play that played sixteen times for TFC in twenty eight, twenty nineteen as well. So he's a player with a bag of potential, and yeah. and we know he does. We know he has a little bit of a, a temper. You say there, you make an interesting comment, Johnny, about the fact that um, he he has a he has a lot to play for, even more so than what I had alluded to. Do you think that is going to only further push him down the hole of trying too hard and going alone? Or do you think it's really about, do you think it's about him or is it about the coaches about making him come out of that and, and gel a little bit more with the with the side? Because I was happy with his defensive performance at the weekend. I thought, I thought he put in a hell of a shift, especially in that second half. He dug deep when he was required to. Um, but there's some times where, as you say, he's just a little bit, either just not on the same page as some of the other guys on the field or just maybe doesn't have enough confidence in their abilities and is trying to go do too much on his own.
1: I think it's just he just needs more games in him. Like we can't we can't under understate how many games he has actually missed this season. I mean he missed five with his suspension and with his international duty. I think I was it another five that he missed. And uh, yeah. you know that's in, in we've played we've played twenty games, that's half the season, that's huge. So I I I, I mean I honestly think it's just it's just. Lack of, of chemistry because lack of games, lack of game time. You know, you can you can you can do things in the training ground all you want, but like I say, there's no substitute for actual game time. So let, let's hope he he keeps his nose clean for another eight games and can play the whole ninety for the rest of them, and then you know really show us what he can do.
0: Absolutely, and I mean, if uh, if he's out there listening, then I can tell you that there's no bigger supporter of you out there than than I am, and uh, I really I really want to see him do well because I think that he is by far the best player on this team in terms of potential um i mean he's a rival, uh, rival's going to be drew becky for me in terms of that one of the most influential potential players on the pitch and i just i, I would just like if he if he can click with the team and start putting in the performances we know he can put in i think he's going to be absolutely devastating for us going forward um anyway we we, we should probably start moving on from some of the stuff uh, as you said that uh, we were pegged back by an equalizer higgins tried to get the ball clear got a little bit torn between foot or head he ended up going for a low head and and low the the bloody bastard hammered in a uh, <laughs> lovely <laughs> lovely half volley that dylan Pauli. Very nearly got a hand too, but it was Damn. it was a cracking finish. But it wasn't too long, was not too long until we found that lead again? And Brian Wright is a player who loves to play on the shoulder of the last defender. Oh, um, yeah. But Johnny, I get frustrated by the number of times he's offside, and we can jump into that in a little bit. But um, what the the standout moment for me on Brian Wright drawing the penalty here was Antoine Coupland.
1: Yeah, no, me, me, me as well. That I mean what a performance from him on saturday the the to uh t- to make the uh, interception to get that ball in the first place that desire <laughs> to, to grab that pass and then to run up and to you know you see that the highlight and he looks up twice to see where brian is and then he cuts that pass through what a pass and it was and all pass, him yeah and like him.
0: And like when I when I said like that frustration there about Wright being offside, like I love that he's on the shoulder of the last defender. I love that he's constantly looking to get in behind. But uh, you could maybe then say sometimes the passes aren't perfectly timed or weighted. But that pass from Coupland weighted and timed yeah. to yeah. perfection.
1: Yeah, it was perfect. It was it was, it was funny watching it live because, the pass was weighted perfectly. And obviously the, 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 the high line on the defense was very high. So when Brian got the ball, there was still a lot of distance before he got to the goal. And because of that, Carducci was already quite far out off his line. So when I, when I was watching this live, when Brian gets that perfect po- that perfect ball, and then he's running towards the net, I'm not thinking he's going to score. I'm thinking he's going to draw the penalty. <laughs> that was all that I was thinking. And he drew that penalty... The way that a proper striker draws a penalty. I mean, that, that was that was perfect. It was perfect. And I mean, you know, Carducci didn't help that he just took his fucking feet right out from under him. He, he did the work for him, basically. But every, everything about Antoine and Wright in the build-up to that pen was picture-perfect.
0: And it is one of my favourite things about Brian Wright as a player is the positive running, it's the continuous running in behind. But um, what a performance by seventeen-year-old Antoine Coupland! He's one of our own. He's (laughs) one one of our own. own. (laughs) Like what a what a like from the Chelsea boy, the Chelsea dagger himself, plunging a dagger into the cavalry (laughs) hearts there. Talk to me a little bit about Antoine's performance from your end. Because let's not forget, this is a 17-year-old
1: lad. And it's his first start. It's just... I mean, he's got fancy feet. And, you know, he's got a man bun. So a lot of people that don't love him are going to look at that and be like, Oh, you know, who's this fucking asshole? That type of thing, right? But, like... But he... I mean, yeah, sometimes he gets fancy feet. And he'll, like, lose possession sometimes. He's
0: he's 17 (laughs) and his mother
1: might listen to this podcast. (laughs) but the Terrib- thing is terribly
0: sorry mrs coupland
1: well look well i mean i'm not saying this i'm saying you know some people might look at this, especially people that are you know fans of a rival club yeah we but love you the, antoine well which we, we, oh, we love this man we love this young man and look at him dribble you know past two grown-ass men like he's dribbling in a phone booth as as jenks said on the call it's the amount of times he can just keep the ball soak up the pressure He'll be pressed by two players, and then he'll just do a couple of little fancy footworks, and then get the pass out. And it's just like it's, I'm I'm really not. It's it's kind of jarring seeing a player be so mature at that age, like that uh so, sort of calm on the ball. Even though he's got the fancy footwork, he's still calm with it. Even though he has big players on him to try and dispossess him, and sometimes they do because he's still quite small, but. You know, a lot of the, most of the time he gets the better of them, and then he gets the ball out, and then he relieves the pressure. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just something to see.
0: Yeah, to know that we've had Alberto Soto playing in that pocket behind the striker, and interesting that uh, Kuplum was given the nod ahead of Soto. Obviously, we don't quite know what happened there. Maybe it was just natural rotation. Um, uh, Antoine Coupland uh, was a topic that came up in the pre-match press conference today with Meester, who said that um, the phrase that he used, he was, um, he, could, he I think it was, he's Canada's future, or he could be Canada's future. Uh, wow. And I think that it's very high praise of what the technical staff here think of what Antoine Coupland can do. Yeah. And um, when asked about, oh, obviously, this only being his first starting and throwing him in, Meester was, Um, speaking uh, about the way in which they've coached him so far this season. And the phrase he uses, he said that Antoine now understands the way I want him to play which mm-hmm. is why he played. So I, f- I found that comment super interesting that potentially Antoine's got the, the raw talent there and he's still kind of figuring out how to adapt to a Mista style. And yeah. clearly he's impressed the coaches enough over the last few weeks that he deserves a start. And as you say, what what a performance, what a mature performance that he ended up putting in. He, again, ran his ran his legs off. He was bumped off the ball a few times i think um i think you said on the discord a little bit earlier that you thought that uh, maybe if this wasn't antoine couplin there would have been a couple more fouls there
1: oh yeah we've we've talked about that before you know someone else was like you know maybe the especially here in canada we're a hockey country right so we love to sort of be weirdly overly like masculine and tough and you know try too hard And then so when you see someone like that, when he gets bumped off the ball, I feel like a lot of our refs are going to make a point and be like, "Nope, it wasn't a foul. It was clean. But, you know, he gets fouled. He gets fouled more than he gets called. Like there was at least at least two there where I where I was just thinking they just mauled our boy and then got away with it.
0: Mm hmm. Uh, on the on the right-hand side of that attack, De right is a player, that didn't have uh, a tremendous amount of uh, of potency, let's say, in the final third. But it cannot be understated how big a performance he had as a team player, especially essentially playing right back for the last twenty odd minutes. Man, yep. he's the chap who cool, calm, collected, top scorer of our uh, of our team, put that oh, penalty yeah. away. Um, Malcolm M- Malcolm Shaw is is a player that I just. He's just such a selfless player. He's one of those yeah. and he will, he will do anything for the team and he will die for the badge. And yeah. I, I fall in love with the man a little bit more every single time he plays. Yeah. It's just when he gets running, he's got some quick feet. He's got the little step over in there. He oh, looks yeah. super. I mean, this is like your second game at TD Place. How, uh, did you notice, like I found like Malcolm Shaw when he's running at speed and stuff and he's like doing those step
1: overs and stopping and starting again. He looks so powerful on the ball. Well, it's intimidating. And the thing is, is that you a lot of time you won't notice that when someone is playing striker, I guess, because, you know, they're not dribbling as much, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have touches, but, you know, they don't get a lot of touches. But yeah, when he's on the wing, he's like you said, he's such a selfless player. When he gets it, the first thing he's looking for is how do I get this forward? And who do I have to pass to in order to do that? I mean, he, he's, he's the king of looking for the one-two pass, looking for the triangle, and he'll run at you as well. And like you said, it's, it's intimidating when he's got the dribble and the stepovers and he's running at defenders. And, you know, combine that with the selflessness where he's ready to let go of the ball when it's time to. It's, he just, the, the, he's definitely been making that right wing spot his own these past few days. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and he is uh, cool, calm, and collected from the penalty spot so much so that I wish he'd taken one in the shootout in uh, the Euros final, Um, (laughs) but hey-ho. Unsung heroes (laughs) in the team, as ever, are Ben McKendry and Tevin Shaw. I think they both put in big displays. A little bit annoyed that Tevin Shaw gave away another penalty. Um, Having watched it back, it's, it's soft uh he touches the guy's trailing foot with his trailing foot yeah. on the replay it looks like there's a little bit of a kick out action um but uh Johnny you know what I feel like I've, I've spoken a lot I want I want you to tell me your experience in the dub as well as obviously what actually happened after Tevin Shaw tripped um whoever it was was it Farsi yeah it was farsi yeah either way one one of the bloody
1: horse people and um that was a penalty and tell me what what happened after that yeah so obviously when you're at the game everything that's called for you is justice and everything that's called against you is bullshit so at the time it was a dive it wasn't a pen it was stupid and uh is an idiot so That's why, you know, and then of course we're like another penalty. Fantastic. What the hell? But it's funny that because we've had so many, every time we get another one, I get the sneaking suspicion that we're going to stop it because, you know, it's like the gambler's fallacy. I'm like, it's been enough times that we got to get a penalty stop at some point. Like there's no way it's going to be a hundred percent. And uh obviously it was camargo that took the penalty camargo who had subbed in halftime. you know you just mentioned the 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 euros final it's when, when you get people that just got subbed in taking penalties it doesn't always work out very well <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, he he'd been. I think he'd been on
0: the pitch long enough for you to not have to reference my pain. Thank
1: yeah, you. It, it, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean you to just me. wanted to
0: get in on the yeah. stabbing. You know, <laughs> I was being self deprecating, and you thought he would come in for a cheeky little hit. But that's fine, uh, carry on. It was
1: cheeky. It was cheeky. It was out of line. I'm sorry about that. But anyways, so uh, obviously when I was talking about how like what a game to be the first game to bring people to, I personally have never seen a penalty stop live and i sure shit have not seen a double penalty stop live that was the hardest i have cheered at td place even for a goal i mean you this is the stuff that we live for these are the things that we remember for the rest of our lives especially because it was in front of the dub it was in front of everyone defining moment you could it couldn't have been a better guy that got to live that double stop as well i mean dylan powley is is a td place legend already at this point and t- just when he jumped into the dub after 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 a late equalizer weeks ago but i mean doing that build a statue <laughs> it was unreal the the the, the feeling after after that was just i mean you see it in in the in the video with 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 becky yelling at camargo i know he says he's not yelling at camargo but he's yelling at camargo but he's hundred
0: oh, percent i don't believe <laughs> i don't believe him for one minute i mean we I believe, video evidence
1: i believe when he says that he's yelling justice that i believe because it yes. looks like he's yelling but he's yelling that at camargo for sure you know he is but the thing is is that we that is exactly what we all felt in that moment and i mean what because you know as fans we can be moaners we're bottom of the league sometimes we'll start you start blaming stuff outside of you start blaming the ref you start blaming this and that and then when you get when things finally turn your way and then you know Dylan Pauly does the save of the goddamn season on a double save against a player that I rate extremely highly Sergio Camargo was one of my favorite players in the league when he does that against someone like that it's just there's nothing else that you can say except justice
0: yeah and i think i honestly i i I took this i took this through in um, a little bit of a a bad order there really because not only was that elation there creating it, creating one of the best atmospheres ever, because G- Brian Wright had capitalized on a on a Norman and Yao, um, was it a yeah, Norman and Yao or a Klump and Yao mix up just before that, yeah. two minutes before that, he'd put us 3-1 ahead, which yeah. by the way, so chuffed for him to be able to finally sort of break that rut. I know he scored against Pacific, but that was a tap and he couldn't miss. And facing up against Carducci, one of the best goalkeepers in the league, and slotting that home, giving him the eyes, putting it near post was, fantastic and as you say the crowd was bumping and then only for a penalty to be given away and then the double save it was just elation I mean I'm gonna put the I'll, I'll put the little track in post under here of uh, and you'll probably hear Jenko's voice coming up in a little bit as well is um, the the crowd literally just abandoned all attempts of songs and it was just a continuous cheer of powley, powley, powley. And uh, that, that was that was one of my favorite moments. Uh, one of my favorite moments, absolutely. Big shout out to goal celebrations as well, because um, the uh, after the Shaw penalty, I loved the aubameyang Lacazette hand behind the back yeah, handshake. Love that was, nice. Loved that, was loved nice. loved that, but there was no better celebration than the whole team
1: crowding around Dylan Powdy, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And, well, and then they had to wait till after the... There was more celebrations after the corner immediately as well. I know on the broadcast, they didn't show the replay until after the corner because they had taken it quite quickly, but... It was funny because then he caught that corner like a boss as well. (laughs) just Like, what a great way to to, to follow up with a double save than just, you know, catching a corner and telling everyone, all right, get the, fuck out of my box now you've been here for long enough
0: <laughs> i think i think we've literally dived through every single player there there's an honorable mention as well to, to higgins and am that we have mentioned as well but uh they had they had a pretty i'm gonna say a quiet game as i said there's a couple of things i picked out there but i love the idea of my center backs having a bit of a quiet game i remember yep. them getting heads on things i remember getting them blocks in a few places but honestly what i remember the most is not remembering novak's name being mentioned once yeah know like that's that really nice that it's
1: it was i i i, I want to say that like you know becky being back definitely got gave a lot of stability to our defense even though he was playing right back and obviously i mean we went through the stats the amount of shots they took the amount of crosses they had and the fact that they weren't dangerous at all i mean yeah higgins had that one error that led to the goal but other than that it was just a quiet solid solid you know defensive performance that when someone does their job you don't notice it
0: which, by the way, we haven't had in a long time either. I mean, you, you mentioned there how they dominated possession. We've dominated possession a lot in our eight-game winless streak, and we haven't found it. We capitalized on errors in the ways teams normally capitalize on errors against us. Yeah. You mentioned as well about sh- like average shooting distance. Ours was well inside the box. Round about the penalty spot as well. Um, our possession start definitely started a little bit closer to our own goal, but we were, f- oh, yeah. we, we were fine with that because we were happy to dispossess and take yeah. on the counter. And yeah, one of the wow. really telling stats about how useless Cavalry's possession was was the percentage of forward passes only 30% of their passes went forward as opposed to 45% of ours Yeah, and yeah. and that and that right there and um, they did and they had 6.3 passes per possession and we had 2.9 but we were fine with that we we yeah. knew a, li- a little bit like when we faced up with Forge and we lost to like one through ball after and it was well annoying um, but the, the point to me was more this is a team that's now Figuring out who they need to play and how they need to play against them. Yeah. And Ooh, yeah. I, I'm hoping that we control the ball a little bit more against Halifax, but that we don't try and dominate them uh, as as much. Um, I mean, look, we got a couple of lucky breaks against Cavalry. Ben Fisk had an opportunity very similar to the Morelli um, last minute winner last time yeah. Halifax were at TD Place, and he blasted that over the bar. There was a uh, inch offside decision for. Uh, I want to say, I want to say, actually, I want to say it was Camaro, Camaro, Camargo again, um, actually, who, who belted a volley into the back of the net. But that was, uh, it was a very tight line on the replay. But, but hey, you know what, things, things went our way for once. Um, I mean, there was, there was, uh, <laughs> justice indeed um but anyway there was a huge there was a shout out on the 80th minute to the capital city supporters group and Bytown boys supporters club there um on the uh, one soccer broadcast so johnny i think um uh, where i want to kind of round th- this podcast up today is yeah. with with you as you were again you were in the stands. so tell me uh, give me your favorite moment from td this week and um in this game and i'll give you mine and we will uh we'll call that quits for today how about that
1: yeah I've, I've, i i i want to say that yeah you know what as because i know that you're you might pick the the double save moment i am going to probably pick the brian Wright goal because when we went up 3-1 that's when i truly knew we were going to win the game you know 2-1 is a dangerous 2-0, 2-0 is a dangerous lead 2-1 is even more of a dangerous lead and it would, have made it, it would have made it 3-2
0: but uh, oh 2-1 at the time sorry yeah pardon me it
1: was it, it, interrupting it, yeah. for no reason yeah no <laughs> um, yeah it, it was it was 2-1 and then when we had mm. when when Brian Wright scored and then we got the 3-1 that was when I was like you know what we're going to win this game we have a two goal lead now at the 70 something minute so many times do we have that sort of lead and then we give up a late one and then we draw but that was the moment that I mean we don't score three goals in a game a lot I was losing it um,
0: I, I think that that point the crowd was just so and because and we weren't expecting it either right it was a defensive error that Brian capitalized on and I yeah. think half of us were in bed, like just surrounded by our chance and we all whip our heads around and Brian writes through on goal <laughs> like, and what it, no way <laughs> it's just like you know anything that's a little bit of a surprise whether it be you know a party or uh, something else uh, it's always fun um, uh, but uh, actually I think that my my favorite moment from this weekend is actually nothing to do with goals yeah. um, it was um it, it was actually with nick ledgerwood and oh really, yeah 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 i really do mention hopes, that i really do hope someone um knows him that's listening to this because i need to give a shout out to that And oh, yeah uh, as we always do the the substitutes always come and warm up right next to the dub which is absolutely fantastic and we have yeah. a couple of songs that all just relatively go around saying um you're shit that's why you're on the bench um, no and there's shit. a we have a, we That's have a couple of
1: on the bench. exactly we have a
0: couple <laughs> of different variations of it, but it's all very creative as you, yeah, as yeah. you can see. Um, Nick Ledgerwood, being the the bloody good sport that he is, was just singing along. Doing his little warm ups, having a great old time. Um, and my favorite moment had to be. And again, I'm like, just because I don't know, it was one of those moments where, you know, you know, when you say something funny and you're like, oh, oh that was kind of funny. I'm yeah. proud of myself. Um, it kind of it died down. And I just like, shout it out, I go, hey, Nick, hey, Ledgerwood you auditioning for american idol <laughs> and like he cracked up as well and i was just like all right all right that was that was good that was that good.
1: was gold that was gold and then you know what after the last warm-up he walked back to the bench and then he clapped off the dub as he was walking in front of him as well that's that's you know what a, what a, that's why we go to the football it doesn't get any better than that what a legend what a class act getting all the-, the fun it was literally the
0: the perfect showing of how you can have banter between oh, yeah. fans and football for players, sure. and for no sure. one takes it seriously. And also, yeah. we all know Nick Ledgerwood is not shit. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely not.
1: Some <laughs> man's a legend.
0: <laughs> all right, um, Johnny, I think that's kind of a, a perfect place to, uh, to leave it this evening, unless there was anything else you
1: wanted to add. You know what? Uh, I think hopefully I will be back for the last home game of the season against York, I think that is.
0: Oh, fantastic stuff. Yeah.
1: Fantastic so, stuff. We maybe- I, might get a, I might get a cheeky little weekend train down before that, but I'm definitely going to be back for the York one.
0: All right, cracking stuff. You heard it here first. Johnny MacArthur back in the crowd. Um, obviously, Atletico, Ottawa are back in action again Wednesday evening on the, the East Coast as they take on HFX Wanderers before they come back to the dub, back to TD Place next weekend, Sunday 3 o'clock or 3.30 kickoff against Forge. You can go off and get your discounted tickets for the dub. We're using the code CCSG. Obviously, the only catch is you've got to come and shout it out loud with us make sure that you also go and head to capitalcitysupporters.com and vote for the capital city supporters group player of the year award the golden scarf votes are now open one dylan powley definitely received a big boost of votes after that performance last week oh, yeah. but um yeah go do your stuff go do your things make sure you sign up to the newsletter as well because uh, there's going to be maybe a special little offer during the off season for those that have uh, signed up to the newsletter so make sure you don't miss that uh, as usual johnny i just want to say thank you very much for your time thank your gorgeous partner for allowing me to steal you away from dinner <laughs> for a little bit will do will do thanks and, for having uh, me always of course matey, and as usual, we're gonna catch you after the next Ho game. So uh, until then, bye bye. Now.